Sergio, if you like what we're doing here, if you support the show and you want to give support to the show, you can do so by going to patreon.com slash let's talk native. And if you do so, we'll provide you some exclusive content and some things that uh, others aren't going to get when you get it. So support us by going to Patreon. Yahweh. Let's Talk Native is produced at the LTN Studios on the Cattaraugus territory of the Seneca Nation. We break all the rules for native media by peeling back the layers of assimilation and indoctrination. We may step on a few toes through our examination of culture, art, politics, history, and identity. But the real goal here is to bring our people together by breaking down what separates us. So, welcome to Let's Talk Native with John Kane. Sego, and welcome to Let's Talk Native. I'm John Kane. I'm your host. Um, let me just say this. New York State has always cheated and defrauded Native people. And there may be no people that have, that have been cheated or defrauded more often and more frequently than, than the Senecas. So I want to go through some of this stuff because this, this idea that, that New York is this liberal state and, and that it's a progressive state and all of that other stuff couldn't be farther from the truth. I mean, and, and I'll go through a little bit of history. First, there's, there's the Kinzua Dam. Now, the Kinzua Dam was a, a dam that was constructed on the Allegheny River to prevent or to, to, to offer flood control for Pittsburgh. So now the Senecas live on what is considered the New York side of the New York-Pennsylvania border. The Allegheny River runs through southern New York and then goes into Pennsylvania, and it contributes to some of the, uh, the flooding that, that Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania experienced. There were many different approaches that were offered to offer better flood control for Pittsburgh. And one of them, not the best one, but one of them was to put a dam on the Allegheny River that would create the Kinzua Dam. It wasn't the best option from an engineering standpoint, but it was the best option when you considered who was going to be negatively impacted by putting such a dam up. It was the Senecas. 10,000 acres of Seneca land would be rendered within a floodplain and essentially would be evacuated. I mean, they, they, they burnt longhouses and churches and homes. They, they basically cleared out an entire village of Native people and then put them in some cheap, you know, government style homes, you know, um, in, you know, what would be called Jim, Jimerson town or, or whatever. And the Senecas didn't have a whole lot of say here. And, and, and it was illegal. It was this illegal um, use of, uh, what is it? What do they call it when they, when the state just grabs land? Um, yeah. Eminent, that's it. Eminent domain. Yeah. This, this, this use of eminent domain, which never should have been permitted. I mean, and I've, I've always got to remind people that Seneca land and, and, and many of the, the Haudenosaunee territories, but Seneca land is very clearly defined in the Canandaigua Treaty as land that the United States would never claim. Never claim. 
And the word never. It didn't say wouldn't, cl wouldn't claim for a period of time. It said they acknowledged the, the land of the Senecas was their property and the, and the United States would never claim the same, nor interfere with the free use and enjoyment of the land. Now, I'm not a big fan of this treaty, but that language was written by the white folks. That language was written by the, the federal government, the, by George Washington's representatives. So when, the, when eminent domain was used to, uh, to flood out the Kanzua, you know, create the Kanzua Reservoir and construct the Kanzua Dam, it was illegal. And the Senecas didn't have a whole lot to say about it. I mean, and it, they, were, they were overrun. It was, uh, and even guys, again, who, who get labeled as these, as these good guys, like John Kennedy, there's actually some documents that used to be in the Seneca Museum, I assume, assume it's in the Cultural Center now, that suggest the remorse that, that John Kennedy had for supporting the Kanzua Dam. So why would John Kennedy support the Kanzua Dam? Well, he was running against Richard Nixon in a very close race, one that he barely won, and he needed to win, I know this sounds familiar, he needed to win Pennsylvania. So he had to endorse the Kanzua Dam project and see it through to its completion in order to win Pennsylvania and to become, so his political aspirations, even if he did have some moral objection to this thing, and, and John Kennedy was one of those guys who, who you can find some, some really nice quotes about how he viewed the, what native, the native experience was, but he contributed to that native experience with the Kanzua Dam. So that's an example. The throughway. The throughway is another example. This is, this is a, a strip of, uh, that, that New York State would take through Seneca territory, cutting off essentially you know, part of the territory from even from uh, almost uh, as a straight shot through to, the, uh, uh, to Lake Erie. So they would put this through, they would grab this land and they would only grab it as an easement. They won't, the property is still Seneca property. But they would pay such a, a small amount of money for that easement. It was only like $70,000. Now this is a, a toll road that New York State has been been raking money in since the fifties, and they only paid seventy thousand dollars to to the Seneca Nation. And on that road is are not only just um, motorists, but commerce is conducted on that road. There's unfettered access for the U.S. commerce stream, the New York State commerce stream, to exist across that, uh, across that throughway. There are trucks every single day, tractor trailers, hauling products through Seneca territory. Now, the throughway does no, provides no benefit to the, to the people who are living on Seneca territory. It provides no benefit. We didn't need it. Nobody here needed it. And... <clears throat> Again, going back to Canada-Dago Treaty, we were never supposed to be charged tolls for traveling on any part of our own land or the land that we, that we ceded. Yet we still get imposed uh, with, a, with a, a fee for, for traveling the thruway. So we don't even get free, free uh, out of that deal, we didn't even get free, uh, you know, free tolls. So they put this road through and... It, it's part of the interstate, you know, this is interstate 90. And 
all this commerce goes through. And it's not just the road. <laughs> just beyond that are the CSX uh, rail tracks. This railway, we don't even know what is traveling on the throughway in terms of hard hazardous materials. We don't even know what is traveling on the CSX track, except for what we see. And you know what we've seen? We've seen bomb trains traveling on that. The, the, these rail cars carrying Balkan crude through western New York, all the way across the state, then down along the Hudson River to, to New Jersey and Philadelphia for, for export of, of all that Balkan crude being pulled out of other native territories in, in, uh, in the Dakotas. But we don't even know what's, what's, uh, what's traveling on those rail cars. They just rip through the territory. So their access for commerce is, is completely open. There, there's nothing that the Seneca Nation benefits from those rail tracks or from the thruway. I mean, we don't even travel it because, <clears throat> frankly, if we're heading out to um, you know, the western part of, of New York, we wouldn't necessarily get on the section of road that goes through the thruway. I mean, so we don't use it on a daily basis unless we're, we're traveling someplace and we have to use the toll road as, a, as the only viable option. But what about our commerce? Well, I'll tell you about our commerce. And, and I've talked about this just recently, but I'm going to bring it up again. New York State has done everything it can to, to keep Native people impoverished. Every time we, we've tried to utilize our territories for whatever benefits we could realize here, like regulatory advantages. We don't, we don't allow New York state tax on our territory. So we, for, for many years, we would buy products and not pay tax because we're using them here in our native territories. Well, the state has done everything they can do to put a stop to that. In fact, if we went to, you know, a, a department store or a, a big box store to buy materials or to buy a product, and we said, oh, we're, we're tax exempt. We live on native territory. They said, well, um, first it was like, do you have a tax exempt number? So we, we developed a tax exempt number. And then they said, well, New York State won't let us um, not charge you tax unless we deliver it to you. Well, how much did it cost the delivery? Uh, more than the tax. So the benefit that we had about receiving goods on our territory without paying New York State tax, that all went away as, as far as consumers go. The one area that we, we had pushed this also was buying fuel to bring onto our territories for resale and buying tobacco. And this is something that's been, we've been at odds with the state since we started this thing almost 40 years ago. At some point, New York State put a stop to New York State wholesalers of tobacco products from delivering to us at all, essentially. But by then, we had already kind of backwards integrated into producing some of our own tobacco products, our own brands, you know, there, and there's, and there's several, there's, there's probably a dozen native brands or more that, ha that have been developed since New York state was putting the squeeze on uh, us being able to sell the, the national premium brands, Marlboro's and Newport's and that kind of stuff. So we have our own brands, but New York state was going to go after that too. Now, keep in mind, our own brands are only sold on native territories and they're, they're not sold, you know, at, at any big box stores and not sold in the, in the convenience store, Seven Elevens, or, you know, or any of these other stores. Uh, they're not sold at gas stations off territories, the mobile marts, none of that stuff. They're only sold on our territories, but on our territories, we developed not just smoke shops. We developed convenience stores, gas stations. We sell 
the gas without New York State tax on it. And we sell uh, tobacco products without New York State t- tax on it. And we also uh, sell other convenience items. And New York State, what is their view of, of, of that commerce on our territory? As far as they're concerned, it's illegal. And they've continued to do everything they can to stop those stores. They, they try to shut us off from, from any supply. And we've had a difficult time even with, with fuel supplies at times. But now what they're trying to do is stop us from conducting native to native commerce from one territory to another. Because in the interest of developing native brands, we also have to be able to distribute those brands from one territory to another. So they violated their own laws and their own Supreme Court rulings. Because one of the Supreme Court rulings that they, ha- that they try to hang on is the Atia case which was about a New York state wholesaler who was trying to continue to sell unstamped cigarettes to native ter- territories by virtue of the fact that he had a federal Indian traders license and New York state fought them and went all the way up to the Supreme court. The Supreme court ruled in the state's favor, basically saying that there were a couple of other cases out there where the courts have upheld a minimum burden being imposed upon tribes for collecting tax of cigarettes. And in those instances, that would prove that a non-native wholesaler who had a who had a federal Indian trader's license could not supersede state law. Now, that ruling was used specifically against the Atia brothers, a, a tobacco wholesaler, but it still never said that New York State had the right to tax us on our territories. And in fact, the language of that case and the previous cases that they cited suggested that that if we added value to a product, either through manufacturing or, or however, marketing, you know, um, you know, whatever, branding, if we added value, that's different than the state trying to tax us from buying Marlboros to resell. So it was clear that in, even in the Supreme Court ruling, and it was Justice Stevens that, that wrote this, basically said the idea of trying to tax a product that, that we're only buying from the American American commerce stream onto our territory to sell uh, to avoid taxes is different than us than than us being taxed directly for a product that we're that we're producing or that we're distributing or that we're manufacturing or that we're adding value to. That was clear, but New York State's going after it anyway. In fact, you know, um, one of the wholesalers here in uh, in Seneca territory is being fined. million for a, for his attempt at distributing or delivering as a, basically as a, as a delivery service, a native brand to a, uh, a native smoke shop up in, uh, in Mohawk territory. So this is the state still trying to shut down or threaten to shut down. Now, New York state's never been so bold to come onto our territories to try to stop a smoke shop. But if, if asked, they are clear that as far as New York State is concerned, all of the sales that take place on our territory, they have a right to collect taxes on. Except, <laughs> I take it back. The one exception, they say, if a, if a smoke shop on Seneca territory is selling cigarettes to a Seneca, they don't feel that they have the right to tax that. But as a Mohawk living on Seneca territory, New York State thinks that they have the right to collect the tax from me buying it. Or if I live here and I consume it here, New York State still thinks they have a right to collect tax on that. If somebody goes to the casino, a native venue, and 
buys a card or a pack of cigarettes and smokes it there at the casino, New York State still thinks they have a right to tax that. If somebody from Pennsylvania comes to, to Seneca Territory to buy a, a card of cigarettes and takes it back to Pennsylvania to consume, New York State th still thinks they have the right to tax that. They don't, but they think they have a legal right to do it. And that's why they're, they're hitting this, this one wholesaler so heavily with, the, with this fine. They're trying to assert it, go through all their legal process so they can say, there, we went through all the process and we have the legal right to do it. Now, they never make any distinction. They never say, okay, they never acknowledge that this is a native wholesaler with a native brand delivering to a native shop. They just simply say, no, under New York State law, it's, it's, it's not legal. So that is part of the private sector economy of native territory. We also have New York State extorting, uh, attempting to extort another billion dollars after they've already extorted a billion and a half dollars out of the Seneca Nation in terms of gaming revenue. That's still a battle that's going on. Now, I say it's still a battle, but again, let me restate. New York State already got the Senecas for, well, $1.4 billion. It should have been $1.6 as far as the state's concerned. Billion. But when... They cheated on their deal with the Senecas, which said they would provide a non-compete area. They would provide an ex exclusivity for Seneca gaming. The first thing the state did was begin to breach it. How did they do that? Well, they said 15 counties, all the, the western 15 counties of, uh, of New York State, the Senecas would have um, uh, an exclusivity to, to do gaming. But they carved out some language in the, that sounded like they were protecting the lottery system a little bit. But what it did was it allowed the state who was prohibited from doing this kind of casino gaming to use their racetracks as slot parlors. So to the extent that the New York State could compete under the language of their compact with the Seneca Nation, they did. They, they built three slot parlors in Western New York. One at the Hamburg uh, Fairgrounds, which is a, a horse racing track. One at Finger Lakes and one at Batavia Downs, the, the other two horse tracks in, in Western New York. And for that, the Senecas withheld payment and ultimately kept $200 million of, the, of, the, of the, that revenue sharing payment. But they still gave $1.4 billion, $1.4 billion to New York State. And as that first term of the compact expired, the Seneca said, we'll pay no more. There's no language in the compact that has us paying past the 14-year initial term of, a, of our compact with the state. The compact continues because unless any of us you know, have any, any issues or qualms to, to raise, um, we can, it has an automatic renewal period as, neither one, as long as neither side objects. So it went into its automatic renewal period. But missing in any talk of a renewal was an extension of the payments. So the Seneca said, we're not paying. Near says, oh, wait a second, You're, you've got to pay. Took him into arbitration. The two white guys in the arbitration panel said, well, even though it doesn't say that, we're going to pretend that it does. So the two white guys on the arbitration panel in this dispute over Seneca um, gaming revenue sharing ruled in, in favor of the state and basically said, we're, gonna, we're going to 
reinterpret and add language to the compact that says you have to keep paying. And the Senate can say, hell no. So there, there's still this battle going on. And with that, if the Senecas do have to pay, it'll be another billion dollars to the state. In spite of the fact that the Senecas have taken a huge hit during this COVID epi epidemic. And look, right now there's probably half a billion dollars that the state is trying to get from the Seneca Nation out of those revenue sharing payments because they stopped paying in, um, a, a couple of years ago. And that half a billion dollars is a much has much more value to the Seneca Nation than it does to, to New York State. New York State's going to squeeze money out of the federal government through their stimulus packages and their infrastructure bills and, um, and raising taxes, do whatever they do to, to, uh, to increase their public finance. But the Seneca Nation has no other public finance other than their few nation enterprises like gaming and, and a couple of their gas stations. It's, we aren't even comparing the same things when we're talking about what the Seneca Nation is doing to support itself versus what the state does. Two, two separate animals. So you've got New York State extorting money out of Seneca Gaming. You've got New York State squeezing wholesalers for, to the tune of a, a, a million three for, for conducting native-to-native commerce with this overarching view that everything that we do here in our territories is illegal and unlawful. And at some point, as this wholesaler is experiencing, everybody could face consequences with New York State. So that's why I say New York State has always cheated the Senecas. And not just the Senecas, because obviously they're, they are raking, you know, they are extorting money out of Oneida, out of Mohawk territory for gaming revenue. And all of these tobacco, all, they're viewing all of this tobacco sales as unlawful. And they have, to a certain extent, some support coming from the federal government. The, the, the federal government passes the CCTA, the Contraband Cigarette Trafficking Act, where they use New York State law essentially to define what is contraband and then reaffirm that. And then New York State comes back and says, well, see, it's contraband because the federal government said so. Well, they only said it's contraband because you said it's, it's contraband. That's what is going on. So as I talk about the poverty that Native people experience, I'm talking about this in New York State, right? This is what we're dealing with, which is supposed to be one of the most liberal states in the United States, the most liberal state on the East Coast. But they're still screwing Native people. They are still defrauding and, and committing extortion against Native people, both as individual businesses and the nation itself. While their seaway cuts through Mohawk territory, unfettered access throughout the, the heartland of, you know, all the way to the Great Lakes. While CSX rail tracks go through Seneca territory, while the thruway cuts through Seneca territory, their access to, to commerce runs unimpeded. But ours meet state police, taxing agents, ignorant politicians who don't even know this stuff is going on. A racist governor in, in, uh, in terms of uh, Andrew Cuomo, who has his racist comments out there saying, well, the Senecas have a history of breaking agreements. Really? You're going to say that? A, a, a guy who will stand by this myth created about Columbus because he's Italian. So he's going to support these Columbus statues and Columbus Day. 
and his racist comments. I mean, he made some grandstand comment about this being a country of immigrants. Almost completely ignoring the fact that Native people are not immigrants. And you know what? Black people who are the descendants of, of, of the slave trade, the chattel slavery that existed in the United States for so long, they aren't immigrants either. And the native, the native people who look just like us, who migrate you know, to North America or from Central America or South America, they're not immigrants either. They're refugees, oftentimes created by the poverty imposed by the United States on their countries as well. And you know what? That migration predates any white man ever being on this land. So, yeah, I, I have a problem with, with a lot of the racism that we see that comes out of a state like New York. And it isn't just the right wing. I'm Look, it, it's, it may be worse that comes from the Republicans, but the Democrats don't get it let off the hook here. Like I said, Kinsua Dam, John Kennedy was responsible for that one. Much of the battles that we're having over this gaming revenue stuff, Obama administration was completely silent on it. The Clinton administration is when um, th this gaming act that allows this kind of extortion to occur. There's been, uh, you know, four or five uh, um, presidential administrations that that have sat back and let this happen. It's not just an ass like like Trump. So the experience that native people have, even in states like New York, that are supposed to be these liberal states, is one of extreme oppression. It's why I hope to introduce some of these debates into the poor people's campaign. Because there's a reason that Native people are poor. Not just because of urban blight and, and the creation of you know, the poverty that black people have experienced. Some of what we've experienced as Native people is, is even... In many ways, it's more egregious because you have policies, not even law, not even regulations, but you have a decision by, by a governor or, or by a president to allow some of this stuff to happen or to encourage some of this stuff to happen without ever having to face any consequences or a legal challenge. And of course, for us to challenge any of this stuff in their courts, their courts interpret state and federal law. Their courts are incapable of understanding where the limits of those laws are as it relates to, to sovereignty that is clearly acknowledged in some of the treaties. And what about those treaties? Well, they've all been broken. They've all been abrogated by the United States and New York State. Yeah, New York State uh, forged some of those treaties as well. And one of the things that that the federal treaties did was always affirm the, the state treaties. Affirmed them when it held us down or took land, but never returned anything when they were broken by the New York state or by the federal government. So when people want to understand why is there such poverty in quote unquote Indian country, it's because it's been created. And it wasn't just created in North Dakota and South Dakota or in New Mexico. It's created in every one of the states that, that we've managed to, to hang on to some existence in. New York State is among the most egregious offenders 
of oppression against Native people. And it's not the it's not the Republicans. It was a Dem, it was a Republican governor who said, "I George Pataki said, I'm going to as the executive chief executive of New York State, I'm going to no longer impose New York State's tax regulations on tobacco and fuel." That's what he said. He came to came to Buffalo to say it. And there's been nothing that has been written or declared or proclaimed or promulgated by New York State that has ever changed that. Instead, you just get a truck pulled over. You get somebody gets locked up. You you have the state continuously trying to keep us from succeeding financially. Even as we've competed in the same uh, area industries that the, that the state allows. Look, we didn't jump the gun on on marijuana sales. We didn't jump. We didn't create the tobacco industry. We just participated in it. It comes from us originally. Tobacco is one of, is a native product. But what you but what you just create what you created out of the tobacco industry. We didn't create that. We just carved out a little piece of that. And that's what we're fighting New York State over. Gaming is what we're fighting New York State over. Our existence. Our ability to lift us up by our bootstraps. Yeah, you've heard the whole bootstraps thing. But every time we try to do it, we, we feel the wrath of, of a racist governor. So it's important that people understand what's happening with these and, and I got to say it, with ignorant judges who don't know any better and don't care to know, so it's not just ignorance, it's willful ignorance, with legislators who even as you try to push them to get answers, almost regret doing it in the first place. We have to push back. And not just so we can sell cigarettes or do gaming. If we don't push back on the areas that we have these margins... We'll never have the narrow margins. We'll never have the space to do any, any of the other stuff. Our existence does somewhat depend on us carving out our distinction from New York State. We must reject the notion that New York State has the authority to govern the activities that take place on our territories. Plain and simple. Because with that authority, they continue to keep us in in abject poverty. That's the program, folks. I'm John Kane. This is Let's Talk Native. Yahweh.